everybody? Glad you decided to join me today as we pick up with chapter 18 and the fall of Babylon. In chapter 17, we discuss the spirit of Babylon known as the harlot of Babylon. This woman represents the evil and wicked nature that has consumed and controlled much of the world throughout history and originated you know, with the city of Babel, the beginning of Babylon. We saw that in chapter 17, the woman is pictured by sitting by many rivers, showing how vast her corruption has been throughout you know history. Chapter 17 is is describing the impact of the spirit of Babylon, the woman, through uh, throughout history up to the mid tribulation point, roughly. However, by the end of uh, chapter of the chapter of chapter 17, we see that the spirit of Babylon rests solely on the back of the beast. Or the Antichrist. This is because the beast will uh, will destroy all other religions and practices of worship, especially those that were birthed out of the influence and corruption of the harlot. You know, because he is going to consolidate all of the wickedness and corruption, all of her influence into one religion, and that is the religion that will worship him. So we also know that the details of chapter 17 are set in the timeline prior to and during the bold judgments. As we pick up with chapter 18, we, we will see the fall of the actual city of Babylon where the beast ruled from. It is important to note that the final bowl of judgments, uh, the final bowl of God's judgments is like dominoes that have been tipped over. The final judgments, judgments play out over days and weeks um, even months, you know, with all seven, with the earthquakes and hail and the, and, you know, the nations and cities are destroyed except for Jerusalem. Babylon falls as God's judgment is poured out, destroying the great city along with all the other, all the others minus Jerusalem. God will call his people out of Babylon so they do not share in her destruction. All of this is setting the stage for the Antichrist and his armies to rally against God's people in the city of Jerusalem. It will be the only city left standing, and the beasts will seek to take it, moving, you know, likely moving uh, or an attempt to move his rule to to Jerusalem, his place of rule uh, there, since of course Babylon will be destroyed, and he will attempt to wipe out any remaining believers or Jews that take refuge there. This will also lead us to the point where the beast and his armies gather at Armageddon to wage war against the returning king, the Lord of Lords. Chapter 18, verse 1. That's where we pick up. After this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven. He had great authority, and the earth was illuminated by his splendor. This is likely another powerful angel like the one mentioned previously, and may very well be an arch an archangel since it states that he has great authority. The fact that um, the earth is a, was illuminated by his splendor really just shows that he comes in the glory of the Lord with an important message. Verse 2 uh, goes on and says, With a mighty voice he shouted, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling for demons and a haunt for every impure spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable animal. This could have implications on multiple levels, really. Obviously, the city of Babylon falls under the judgment of God, but so does all the other cities corrupted by the harlot of Babylon. 
In the previous chapter, we mentioned that Babylon the Great referred to the collective body of all the false religions and pagan worship practices that the harlot of Babylon spread all over the world throughout history, uh, especially during the last days, but you know, all throughout history in general. So this could also refer to the fall um, to the fall or destruction of her influence and control over the nations of the world. So in essence, this is likely implying the fall of the entire empire of Babylon, all the cities under its rule, and its ungodly influence on the nations of the world. It goes on to say that Babylon becomes a dwelling place for demons and a haunt for every impure spirit, which is just means demons, every unclean bird and detestable animal. You know, every you know, interestingly enough, the Greek word used in this verse in the place of haunt uh, or, or or hold is translated to mean cage, which gives the impression that the, these demons are and unclean, detestable birds and animals will be confined to the ruins of Babylon. You know, if so, it's unclear for how long exactly. But remember that as far as animals go, there probably isn't going to be many left after all the judgments. Uh, and worldwide destruction. But it is clear that it will be turned into ruins and it will be uninhabited by people. It will be desolate. Babylon, um, you know, not only will be desolate, but, you know, in this passage, it speaks to what it is reduced to a place that only demons and unclean, detestable things will occupy. Now, and this will make much more sense in a minute when we get to just the pride of Babylon. But moving on, verse 3, For all the nations have drunk the maddening wine of her adulteries. The kings of the earth committed adultery with her. And we know that's spiritual adultery. And the merchants of the earth grew rich from her excess luxuries. Everyone who follows the beast goes mad with following the immoral, ungodly, wicked practices of Babylon. And, you know, the one world religion. The rulers and leaders are guilty of cheating on God spiritually. They choose to abandon or reject the ways of God and instead they embrace the ways of Babylon. You know, while the merchants doing the bidding of Babylon grew excessively rich from all of Babylon's excess. This really speaks to the tactics and means by which the spirit or harlot of Babylon corrupts so many and has corrupted so many throughout history and continues it today. You can see its evidence throughout our world uh, especially right here in our own society, the lie that there are many paths to heaven or that you just need to be good enough or that you can earn entry into heaven by by the things you do. You know, what about, you know, heaven uh, and hell aren't real. They are metaphorical. God isn't real. The devil isn't real. What's real is what you can see and touch or feel or science or what science can explain. Who wants to follow a God that would condemn someone to hell, etc.? The list goes on and on. Then you have the, the lure of the flesh, the temptation for money, you know, more money, more stuff, more things, uh, you know, higher status, more power, um, you know, sex and lust and its endless temptations to satisfy the flesh. You know, sex and, and the lust of the flesh is everywhere. Porn addictions are rampant. It's more accessible than ever before. And social media is flooded with its temptations. People treat faith or religion like it's a buffet or customizable, like they are building a house, designing it to suit you. 
the ways and influence of Babylon are all around us and they are ever increasing as we drift further from God. The truth, you know, as a society or a nation, the truth is there's only one God, one way to heaven. And Jesus said that he is the only way, period. There is no other. Scripture also says that God is a jealous God, and you know, which is why the first few commandments deal with putting him first above all things. Any belief that allows room for anything else to take that number one spot is from Babylon and stands in opposition to God and leads to ruin. Verse 4 through 5 says, you know, basically verse 4 through 5 deals with another angel who calls God's people to flee and get out of Babylon and you know, her cities so that they do not share in her destruction with the coming judgment. You know, because her sins are piled high and God remembers her crimes against him and his people. And he will bring his full judgment and wrath down on her. The end of verse four says, so that you don't deceive, so that you don't receive, receive any of her plagues. Remember that the seven bowls of wrath or judgment were also referred to as plagues. Revelation 15, one says, I saw in heaven another great and marvelous sign, seven angels with the seven last plagues. Last because with them God's wrath is completed. So when it says come out of her, you know, talking about Babylon, so that you do not receive receive any of her plagues, it's it tells you that this message from the angel concerning, you know, verses four through eight are just prior to uh, God sending the last seven judgments known as the seven bowls of wrath. So that kind of helps you understand the timeline of what he's talking about when he tells them to come out of Babylon, you know, so he's warning them to come out prior to these judgments hitting so that they are not caught up in them. Now, inside of that context, verses six through seven deal with the angel asking God to pay back Babylon. And of course, like I said, these verses all deal with What's, what's being said just prior to those last seven uh, bowls of judgment being poured out. But the angel in verse 6 through 7 focuses in on asking God to pay back Babylon with a double portion of what she has done. Basically, give her a taste of her own medicine. Make Babylon drink a double portion of her own cup. And make the grief, make her grief and torment as excessive as all the luxuries she bestowed on herself. As she, you know, she boasts like a queen who will always continue to be prosperous and will never be deserted and will never experience loss. You know what? Check out what Isaiah 47, 7 through 8 says uh, about Babylon regarding this very topic. It says, you said, I am forever the eternal queen, but you did not consider these things or reflect on what might happen. Now then, listen, you lover of pleasure, lounging in your security and saying to yourself, I am and there is none besides me. I will never be a widow or suffer the loss of children. You know, Babylon was a city with a haughty spirit full of pride and fooled into believing that she will always be above others, always prosperous, never abandoned because everyone loves her and her luxuries. 
you know, never experiencing loss, only excess. Babylon is stuck on herself, believing, you know, she is the center of the universe, so to speak. You know, do you see the correlation between Babylon and this country, or even ourselves at times, the in the world in general, really? The pride and arrogance of Babylon, the self-indulgent, self-centered nature was at its core. Babylon is the poster child for Proverbs 16, 18, which says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. But we fall into that trap sometimes, like you know, just like those around us, and we need to heed God's warning and, you know, metaphorically speaking, come out of her so that we do not share in her sins. Get out of that trap quickly if you find yourself caught in it. It will destroy your life and leave you abandoned and in ruins like it will Babylon in the end. Verse 8 shows the outcome and downfall of her pride. Even though the judgments play out over days and weeks or even months, it will seem like all of a sudden in a brief moment as in a day Babylon will be brought to her knees, brought to ruins. Verse 8 says, Therefore, in one day her plagues will overtake her, death, mourning, and famine. She will be consumed by fire, for mighty is the Lord God who judges her. This is referencing the seven plagues brought by the seven angels known as the seven bowls of wrath or judgment. Babylon will be riding high, feeling unstoppable, rolling in excess, powerful, the wind at her back. And then just like that, God will tear it all down with his final set of judgments and, it, and turn it into a desolate place where only demons and unclean, detestable creatures abide. When I look at Babylon, I see the same spirit prevalent in much of our nation and society today. And the lesson here is that is that, that path ends with ruin and destruction. But there is hope. We can surrender to a mighty God who is merciful and full of grace. We can turn to a Redeemer who can make all things new. We can reject the spirit of Babylon and hold fast to the love and truth of God's word and the gospel of Jesus. We can stand against the ungodly practices and spirit of Babylon and not let and not be led astray by always, you know, and we can do that by always putting God first placing our hope in Christ, and taking up our cross daily to follow Him. Okay, guys, that is it for today. Join me tomorrow as we continue with the second half of chapter 18 and the finality um, of Babylon's doom. God, thank you so much for your word and how it teaches us. God, I am doing my best to listen to your spirit and to let you guide me through this book. I may not get everything just right, but I pray that everyone listening will hear what you are trying to say. I pray that each person would hear the message that you have for them according to where they are in their walk with you. My hope, Lord, is that everyone's heart is open and their spirit is sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit so that, that you know, each might uh, hear what you have to say You know, so that the Holy Spirit might uh, speak to us and teach us your ways and how to walk in your truth. God, let us stand strong and rise up against the spirit of Babylon. Strengthen us to be resilient against her ways and give us the discernment to recognize her tactics and the wisdom to respond accordingly with the power of your word. As always, Lord, let us represent 
you to the best of our ability and let us present ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you. Amen.